This is the North Carolina Food and Beverage Podcast, brought to you by Cisco. Cisco is here to help set you up for success by delivering high-quality foods, products, and services for your restaurant. Recording live to digital from the NCF&B studios in downtown Raleigh. Join us as we lead you into the kitchen, inside the bottle, and into the minds of the food and beverage industry. And now, it's the bologna sandwich and lox and bagels. It's Max Trujillo and Matthew Weiss. Hello, and thank you for listening to the North Carolina Food and Beverage Podcast. I am your co-host, Max Trujillo. And I am your co-host, Matthew Weiss. And speaking of quality food and quality cuts, we are heading out virtually to Anger, North Carolina today, which is not too far from my neck of the woods. But as we are getting into the holiday season and looking for all that great cuts of beef or pork or poultry or maybe even more on your table starting to get the meat sweats over here but we have the gents from the carolina butcher shop one billy schrader and john arloskas welcome gentlemen what's going on guys thank you so so much for having us uh we are big big fans so this is an absolute honor to be able to uh to get on this show so thank you very much for having oh you've us. heard we, this show we have yes. absolutely wow oh, nice trying I, to get on our good side and graces <laughs> yeah. now i only have to go to my softball questions here <laughs> i gotta butter you guys up a little bit come yeah. on <laughs> for well, sure Matt said softball, but let's talk. Let's talk football. Matt, how was your weekend? Uh, Max is referring to I was in Las Vegas this weekend, and his Raiders played my Giants, Ooh. and uh, yeah, the, that part of the weekend was not stellar. <laughs> but me being, you know, the good guy, still brought my buddy Max back a nice present from the game. It's behind the iPad there. Show, yeah, show, the, show him what I got you. A nice little towel. I may or may not have used that towel in a, some oh, other nether regions. Right. But they definitely uh, have tears of Weiss all <laughs> inside of this. But I do like it. Thank you so much, Matt, for bringing yeah, me and, this. And congratulations. Yes, the Raiders beat the uh, despicable Giants. But as I say, the silver lining is now we'll get a better draft pick. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. But we are talking meat. and We're talking butchers out there in Angers. Am yeah. I saying it right? In Anger, yep. Yeah. And, and you guys come highly recommended to us. By, you couldn't get a higher, basically, endorsement. connotation endorsement than none other than Kyle Sutton, who the only, I believe, the only person to be involved in all three bubbles and brisket yep. each year. And and we love him, and he's a great resource for us. And so he endorsed you guys heavily. That's, how do you guys know Kyle, and how did that come about? So that was, he came into the shop one day, and we just started talking, started bouncing ideas off each other, just how to cook stuff, what proteins are good. And we started talking down to Packers. And then he was like, well, have you ever been on a podcast before? And I was like, nope. <laughs> and so he's like, well, I've got some guys. Pull that microphone a little closer to your mic or to your mouth. There you go. There yeah. you go. My bad. So we started talking. He asked about the podcast, if I'd do it. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. And then that's when he linked us up. And Kyle's been great, though. Yeah. Definitely. He said his only regret that he was didn't meet you guys earlier. Yeah, that's what he was saying. How long have you guys been in business? Uh, so we launched in 2015. So yeah, we're actually coming up on a 10-year anniversary here in a couple of years, and we're pretty excited about it. Like you said, we are down in Andrew, which is a, a little bit of a haul from Raleigh, but it's not too, too bad. You can probably, it took us about 30, 35 minutes to get here to downtown Raleigh today from the shop. 
pretty cool thing. Anybody, and I just want to shout out to anybody who might be listening that voted for us in the Raleigh's Best Competition. News and Observer just did the Raleigh's Best Competition. This year we did win gold. So we won the best meat shop, best butcher shop in the Raleigh area. And we are all the way down in Anger. So yeah. that's pretty awesome. Wow. Congratulations. Because <laughs> that's, is that technically Johnston County? Johnston we're County, actually in Harnett County. Oh, we're, Harnett County. That's yeah, right. So we're, know that. we're right on the line there of Harnett and on Wake County. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow. And uh, what got, because you were just telling us before we got on mics that you were in home inspection business prior to that or real estate business how'd you have you always been in dual roles or how'd you get into this so it's kind of an interesting story on how it worked out and basically i've always been a meat man my whole life that's been my passion my grandfather was actually a butcher that's what he did and it's something that i've always had interest in Uh, my first job when i was 15 years old i went out i needed some money to you know have money to take the girlfriend out to go to the movies and i found a local grocery store that needed somebody to come in and clean their meat room at night so that's how it all started so when i was 15 years old i was in there hosing out meat rooms and cleaning up and i ended up absolutely falling in love with the trade at a young age i was lucky enough that i had some kind of old school and kind of some hard-headed butchers back then that almost took me under their wing as a young guy and showed me the ropes. It was a long road from there. I ended up getting a meat apprenticeship, which I had to do to, you know, really kind of, you know, fasten those butcher skills to really, really get them to that top tier. At the time, I was in the New York, New Jersey area, so I was working out of Bergen County, New Jersey. It's kind of a higher-end area. Um, And that was awesome, too, because just with, you know— different catering events and stuff that we were doing in the city, we would really do some very high-end stuff and get to cut some stuff that in some other locations you might not be able to see. So it was was awesome. Like what? So you would be doing, I mean, for example, you know, people down here, you may do a couple of, you know, Wagyu ribeyes every now and then. We had weddings up there that would cater whole events with, I mean, entire Wagyu rib rolls. So, I mean, these people, you know, their prime rib was was not prime. It was Wagyu prime rib, you know. And there was just some very, very different cuts and stuff up there that was very cool to see. It's also New Jersey, New York has a very large Italian influence. Mm -hmm. So you have a lot more of these Italian markets and that kind of stuff as compared to sometimes down here. And when it comes to the meat and the butcher world, a lot of Italian cuts and a lot of Italian cooking really help with that aspect of it. So that's definitely been cool. But after that, I mean, I actually spent a little time buying and selling meat in the city for a meat purveyor. So that's what I did for about a year or two. I discovered that I am not a good salesman. It's not It's not what I like to do. I do not like to drive four hours in the car to show up and have someone say, I'm too busy to talk to you. So. Yeah, but you could listen to the North Carolina Food and Beverage podcast on those I did drives. do a lot of podcasting. I'll yeah. tell you, I listened to a lot of podcasts on those drives. Oh, yeah. That's right. But... um. So to make a long story short, my sister had moved to the Raleigh area, had absolutely loved it for years. Billy over here, my partner, he's my brother-in-law. So they had lived down here, absolutely loved it. I came down to visit for a week, and I said, I am... I'm not going back. (laughs) So I came down to Raleigh. I visited this city. I fell in love with it. We spent a couple nights on the town right down here, right right where you guys are located, honestly. And I really just fell in love with the area. And honestly, I made at that point kind of a financial decision just with what the housing market was doing. My sister's in real estate. So when I had come down here, she said, hey, you should look into getting a home inspection license. You know, the the market's booming. Why don't don't you look into doing that? So I took six, eight months away from doing meat, which I had done my whole life. And I decided to go and start going down that route of becoming a home inspector. So I did all my licensing. I became a licensed and certified home inspector. I started a home inspection company, ran it for about a year and It was fun. It was good. I made a lot of contacts with a lot of local connections, which was very good for networking. 
but it just wasn't what I love to do. Yeah. It just wasn't, it wasn't, it paid the bills very well, I'll tell you that much, yeah. but at the end of the day, it just, it wasn't enjoyable to me, and I just... You mean I, finding something wrong with people's home and having to tell them that, like, oh, either you or your new buyers have to pay out thousands of dollars before you... Yeah, that's not fun? It's not like, a pleasant experience, <laughs> you know? You don't get too many smiles. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's like... Yeah, but we this, love the inspection department. I mean... Oh, God. I will say this. My mom made her made her nut as a quality inspector working for Lockheed missiles okay. in space. And so she would see like satellites and bombs and missiles oh, that's and an interesting game. like pretty, pretty intense stuff. And it's kind of funny too. Cause if you know my mom, she's, she's silly. Like I'm silly. Like, like she, like, how are you entrusted with <laughs> such important things? You I was going to say, what kind of family secrets uh, has she told you? Huh? That's just it. She can't tell me most of the things <laughs> she's done. She's like, Oh, that, that's all sworn to secrecy. Don't ever ask. I'm like, Okay. I knew that like she was a part of the Hubble telescope. That was something that and and then when big things would happen, she's like, Yeah, I had a little to do little to do with that. I'm like, oh, okay. But our recent health permit stuff, and I'm not gonna go off on all that, but but like who wants to see their health department or permitting department or building department just in general in life? You must have been like like people don't like seeing you walk into a room. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And now I have the opposite. Now people come in and they're like, Oh, Give me a tomahawk steak, and they got a smile on their face. So, yeah. Yeah. so glad you're here. Yeah. <laughs> well, what Max is referring to is we did a sausage party out in Asheville called Bubbles and Brats. You guys might have heard of it. Yeah. Listen to the show. And basically, long story short, we had to pivot and go from a grand facing public event to a private event and refund everybody's money due to the Buncombe County Health Department not wanting us to really do this event. And the story gets deeper, but. But but you guys had uh, a sausage day today. Yep. You guys were preparing sausages. What yep. what do you so that's every Tuesday you do that? Yeah, so typically every Tuesday we get in and we do, I don't know, six, seven hundred pounds sausage. Yeah, it's then, over fourteen varieties. Yeah. So. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. How much sausage are you making during this time? Push about a thousand pounds a week. Oh um, wow. Yeah, and it's all handmade with I think four people do it today. So so we were there five o'clock this morning, and that's the first thing we do. I mean, we use fresh quality pork butts. That's all we do is boneless pork butts. So it's we're not throwing any jowl meat or anything, any off cuts, nothing like that, which a lot of you know these major packers are going to do if you're buying stuff in massive bulk. So we just use boneless pork butts, beautiful quality stuff. We take that, we hand chop all that up. Once we have that done, we run it through our grinder, which is it's a big grinder. It's a commercial grinder, but it is, let's say it's a workhorse for what she does for our business. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. She have a name? Your grinder? <laughs> she doesn't actually. What? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. We got to come up with one, Billy. Yeah. 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 Maybe Put that the on of, the pole. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all I'm hearing is grinding and poles. Yeah. Oh, all right. <laughs> and butts. <laughs> and butts. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Pork butts. Boneless butts. <laughs> this is nice. I don't know what kind of show this was. Cool. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> is it only pork sausages that you guys are making or? No. So we actually have a couple different varieties. I mean, we do our pork sausages kind of, I mean, that's, and that's the classic, but so we have a wide variety on those ranging from a jalapeno cheese to a pepper and onion to a Cajun boudin sausage to your mild and hot Italians, your mild and hot countries. But we also do do a beef sausage, which is awesome. And that's our Philly cheesesteak sausage. So all that is, is going to be ground up certified Angus beef choice brisket. So that's ground up. And then that is mixed with fresh cheddar cheese, onions, peppers, and one of our local house seasoning we use from one of the local guys over here right at the Raleigh Farmers Market, Daddy Bob's. His seasoning is fantastic. Yeah. Well, that makes me think that we need to mention something. We talked about it before, but I want
want to know a lot more about your sausage making prowess and some of the the technique. But first, I do want to take a quick moment to speak about our title sponsor, which is Cisco. If you're in the food and beverage industry like you guys are, I'm sure you already know Cisco is the leader in global food service, bringing you fresh food, fresh food and fresh ideas. As for the fresh food, we're talking custom cuts of meat, beautiful produce, high quality seafood, plus local and regional specialties. Truly everything you need for your thriving food and beverage service. And the Fresh Ideas, a network of culinary experts to consult on your unique business plan. Enhance your menu, your sausage offerings, stay on top of trends, and get more efficient as you strategize with the best. Yeah, plus, they put it all at your fingertips at Cisco Shop. Easy online ordering for whatever you need, whenever you need it. You can search Cisco's complete food and service catalog and place quick and easy orders on the go with any device. Visit Cisco.com, that's S-Y-S-C-O.com, to learn more about Cisco Shop and the other great ways Cisco can help grow your restaurant or shop business. Yeah, Cisco, at the heart of food and service. Yes. But, but that's the question I had, because as Matt was talking about with Bubbles and Brats, we were we were getting very deep into the conversation about sausage making. We had a couple of chefs make some sausage there in-house. And the one thing, a Chef Bobby McFarland, who's great, and he worked for, was it BLSA Salumery up in New York? Mm-hmm. You might know that place because from where you're at. It's all about the fat content, right? Or at least the, the management of the ratio. So, like, what does that mean? I mean, because if you just put a bunch of beef, or I'm sorry, a bunch of pork shoulder into a casing, it's going to dry out really quick, I would assume. So, like, how do you... What's your process and what's your like uh, secret so, blend? So honestly, we've actually found that just using straight pork butt, which is going to be that nice upper portion of the shoulder, we keep that fat cap on it. Yeah. And we do add a little bit of fat as necessary. Um, it's kind of difficult, but after after 10, 15 years of doing this, we just kind of know that from <laughs> from how she goes. I, I can yeah. tell. But you, you definitely need a good fat content to that sausage or it is going to dry out. So a lot of times people look at this grind or this mix that's going to yeah. go into sausage and they're like, well, that looks overly fatty. That doesn't that doesn't look natural. But that's what sausage is. I mean, that's and that's how it's been made for thousands of years. I yeah. Mean, but so um, you're not taking. Yeah, you're saying leave the fat cap on. That's usually like an inch and a half or so. Two it's inches. at least normally an inch on there. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, we go straight down with it and grind it right down. And it makes an awesome mix for us. Hang on. Okay, and I'm going to apologize, put a disclaimer on my naivety here, but I'm confused. Somebody said, you said pork butt, but it's not actual the butt? No, so it's the shoulder. <laughs> yeah, so pork butt is actually going to be knew that. Is actually gonna yeah. be the upper portion of the shoulder. Okay. Um, it's and, like the butt end is why they call and it And I mean, that, that's, or? you know, you'll hear it called the Boston butt, you know, um, but that's that's going to be the upper portion of the shoulder. It doesn't have the shank or anything attached on it. Um, but that no, seems I, weird to me as like somebody who's not a butcher at all, because like your shoulder seems like the least like meatiest, fattiest part of a person or, but I guess not by the pig because they have all the extra the fat yep, those, from like the neck and all the area. Exactly. And it gets worked, which means it's got plenty of, plenty of that, you know, it's got that intramuscular fat in there. Mm. And that's what gives you all that fantastic flavor. You know, those muscles are getting worked and, and worked hard compared to your center cut loin, which is running straight down the backbone of that animal, which is pretty much staying straight all the time. 
And that is why that pork loin can be very tender, but it can dry out on you very easily yeah. too, you know? But so those non-worked muscles will be a little bit more tender. Those worked muscles clearly are going to have a lot more fat to them. It's going to require a different cook. You know, you're definitely now you're looking at a braising or smoking item compared to just a, a quick, you know, get it to 145 or 150, however you like your pork and slice it down. Right. But absolutely. So yeah, the Boston butt's going to be that shoulder up front and then your, you know, your actual butt of the pig, that's going to be your ham. So that's going to be the ham. Right. Talks about. Yeah. I'm reading it right here and who knows, because this is just like lore of like whiskey and bourbon and all that. It's like everybody has their own version of it. But this on southernliving.com, we could maybe trust them, said uh, <laughs> New England butchers took less prized, oh my God, now pop-ups are happening, less prized cuts of pork, placed them into barrels and shipped them off to other places. And these barrels that the pork went into were called butts, mm. the author explains. The, the particular shoulder cut became known around the country as New England specialty and hence it became the Boston butt. That's so, very interesting. I just learned something today. There yeah. you go. You that know? explains yeah. why. Thanks, it's Google. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Google. That is. Well, uh, thank you, Southern Living. We can give them a little. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Give them a shout out. Give yeah. them a shout By out. By the way, now on your all your Instagram feeds, it's going to show up saying, "Would you like to subscribe to Southern Living?" Right. <laughs> oh, I thought <laughs> you were just going to get a lot of butts. Oh, that too, <laughs> yeah. maybe. <laughs> Be careful of your TikTok feed this week. <laughs> a lot of butts in your TikTok feed. Billy, I'm so glad we came today. You right. know that. Yeah. <laughs> Billy's like. I must be talking butts all the time because that's know. that's what my TikTok. He's like, wait a second, always that's, that's off. Yeah, <laughs> that's your unusual. sister's not gonna don't let, don't let his sister look at your Instagram feed today. Yeah, yeah. I, I do like the idea that you're saying almost like think like less is more with the like you're not adding extra pork or you're not or extra fat or anything like that. And it almost makes sense. Like yeah, as long as you just took this piece and then just grind the whole thing and put it through, it kind of works itself out right man it's it's simple if you keep it simple use quality fresh ingredients i mean it's fresh never frozen yeah it's getting stuff it's getting ground we are hand mixing it so we take it we season it by hand uh you know we have our recipe book but we do everything also by eye as well and i mean we do it how we would cook it at home and that's 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 the key to it. It's fresh. It's stuffed directly into casings, and then it, we hand twist it all up. And again, I mean, you're talking a thousand pounds of sausage that has to get hand linked by our, our team. So, the shout out to our team as well because they do a tremendous job. Um, but that, could but, you outsource that or have like a? Assume you can have a yeah. machine that makes it. Yeah, I mean, you, the casing. You can. It's just it's it's not. It's not going to be the same, you know what I mean? We we are all about that quality aspect of having our hands on the product. Mm -hmm at all stages of it. I mean, it's so important. We we have that passion in there as far as going back to old school roots with some stuff. We talked about Cisco earlier. You were talking about sourcing. and So there's all different places that we source meat, clearly. Cisco, we have a great, great relationship with Cisco. They're an awesome food service company. So to anybody out there listening, you know, I can't say enough good things about them. If you do have any issues with them, they're extremely responsive. They will work to keep you as a customer. But we do source some product through Cisco, through specialty lines. Obviously, you know, we have to work with their meat specialists. Uh, you guys had Brian Hudson on here not too long ago. I oh, was yeah. listening to that one. Some of these guys at Cisco, they have to do a little extra legwork for us compared to maybe just some of these restaurants that are buying a, a buckhead pre-cut steak or something like that. Because I need to know exactly where my beef is coming from so I can sell it to my customers. Mm -hmm. So they do a little extra legwork for us on sourcing. But yeah, we definitely do some good amount of business with Cisco. 
And then we also have a lot of local farmers, too, that we work with. And I'm going to let Billy take it away on one of an awesome local company that we just started working with called Wilder's Wagyu. Yeah. Take it away, You're, Billy. You're wearing so, the hat. I am wearing the hat. i got to give them a huge shout-out. So they started back in 2020 during COVID and started doing the, the Wagyu. And it's 100% just full blood. Bring it down. Oh, there you go. There, there we go. go. A little bit better? Yep. Yeah, that's All right. great. Cool. So they started 2020. They are doing it. The right way, in my opinion, you've got these big American Wagyu companies that claim to be Wagyu. And, you know, there's no set standard with the American Wagyu um, Association when it comes to really tracking the Wagyu. And so there's no grading be, system. Yeah, there's, so. exactly. So they can say, oh, we got Wagyu and put a ridiculously high price tag on it. So just for those that don't understand what Wagyu is, like what's the typical, like where does Wagyu come from? What is it in general? So that then we can kind of dial it down into why Wilders is doing it their way. All right. So Wagyu is, a, it's a term for cattle or cow from Japan. It was brought over here in the mid seventies to do some research on a university of Colorado. And these are the genetics we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. So. Well, so just to even take that back for, so that's, that's it didn't originate in the Kobe or like, they're initially so Kobe beef cows is difference. So all Kobe is Wagyu, Wagyu all yeah. Wagyu is not Kobe. Right. So it's um, like the analogy of all bourbon is whiskey, not all whiskey is bourbon. Exactly. Correct. Yeah. 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 So Kobe has to come straight from the Kobe region. Yeah. Even so, more like champagne, actually. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. Like mm -hmm. it's, a, it's regionally. Yeah. yeah. But the technique I guess would be like a uh, Wagyu, right? right? Like, is so it's actually yeah, the breed. Yeah, the breed. Okay, yep. yeah, got so it. So you've got four breeds of Japanese cows that are all qualified as Wagyu, essentially. So, anyways, they brought those to the U.S. and then Japan later on in the '90s was like, "Hey, this is a gold mine. We're not gonna, we're, we're not gonna export anymore." Oh, so anybody that had cattle from Japan was like oh this is this is it so we got to stop butchering and start procreating correct and so what everybody did is they use that name and they started you know snake river farm for instance they were probably one of the m most well-known yes yeah. american wagyu companies so they went and did their own thing and they kind of started that market um but are those cows for like if you buy steaks from snake snake river that are wagyu are they the actual same genetics like are they are they partial they are a mix yeah are so mix. you've got you've got f1 which is 50 50 between angus and wagyu or you know the japanese wagyu and then you've got all the way up to f4 which is going to be your full blood so that being said you get ridiculous price stickers on these american wagyu companies that are claiming that they're wagyu and then you also see wagyu in walmart and you're like well how is that special you know how, why is it so cheap when i just see wagyu yeah well what's boiling down is that these people are if they're at a 16th of a genetic wagyu. line percentage you then can market you can market as wagyu and nobody's got a set standard so that brings me back to Wilders is they're they are hundred percent full blood, which they've kept their their herd completely separate. Uh, separate and they're not intermingling or mixing. So that is super cool to us. It's local, it's something that's fresh. I mean, freshest beef you're gonna find around here. Where anyways. are they? They're actually at Turkey, North Carolina is where their ranch is, but they're at downtown Clayton is where they've got a shop there. Oh wow. And then they just had a shop opening up in Turkey as well. 
So wait, there's a town called Turkey, North Carolina. There is, yes. yeah, home of the a home of the wagyu wag- beef. And, and you get beef at Turkey. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, as we were mentioning earlier with Kyle Sutton, he was introducing us, and then Kyle, I mean, he is. He is a food nerd, right? Like, I think we can all appreciate that Kyle really knows his stuff. He even went on to say when he was introducing us via text, they're my go-to everyday shopping as well as uh, specialty items like Joyce Farm Turkey and A5 Kojashima Wagyu. What is that? A5. So that's going to be the prefecture that it's coming from. And we do carry, again, like Billy was talking about, and Wagyu, it gets kind of complicated with all the different levels of it. So there is, like he was talking about, the American Wagyu, where there's these F1, and they're they're breeding Wagyu cattle, or cattle with Wagyu genetics, yeah. with Angus cattle. Um, now you have Australian Wagyu, which yeah. is going to be, they're doing kind of the same program in Australia, where they are taking Japanese genetics, um, and they're they're mixing them with some of these Angus cows and they're really producing some amazing Real product. Quick, the cool thing about them is they've got a grading scale. So you'll see BMS, which is beef marbling scale up to nine plus, whereas you've got Japanese BMS goes all the way up to 12. So your A5 is going to be between that 10 and 12 range. And but, then, so A5 is the prefecture where these cows originated from. No, in, no, so A5 is going to be the grading scale. That's going to be basically, it's going to be, in our eyes, it's going to be like a USDA prime. Okay. Um, it's going to be goes, even it goes higher. By, so for it to be A, it's got to have a certain amount of fat uh, to beef ratio. So just like when you they core out a tuna, for instance, and they read the body fat. Yes, they do similar, I guess, similar situation to beef to figure out what the actual level of it is. And everything now, I mean, they have technology, these IMF cameras, which are intramuscular fat cameras. So, I mean, they're cameras that can literally scan through the carcass and they can tell you what that marbling content is going to be throughout that piece of beef. So what would my grading be? Uh, (laughs) What would... Am I a B? Am I how, a C? how much grain are you eating? Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it all goes off of. I had yep. pizza this weekend, so uh, that'll help. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so no, but I, take this back to the basics. So, I mean, again, naive question, but if you took same cuts from a purebred wagyu and from a purebred Angus cow, and you cooked up the steaks. What's going to be my difference? Like, obviously, so the, what I'm hearing is fat content and marbling. But, I mean, that is gonna that is the difference. No, that is the that, difference at all. We and got he, a little bit different, too. So health benefits. Let's get into health benefits with Wagyu. So yep. that intermuscular fat and that soft fat that renders out as all the flavor more in your tenderness, right? That's obviously great. But it has more omega-3s and 6s than in salmon. You also have some oleic acids that are in there that help reduce inflammation. Like there's some legit health benefits. So you're not just paying for the name or the the flavor per se, whereas a huge misconception where people sit there and they're like, oh, that that piece of meat's way too fatty. You know, that can't be good for you when it's exactly the opposite. So, Mm. Well, that's the argument that you're going to get into for a lot of variables when it comes to meat eating. And when we have people that talk about plant-based food and plant-based proteins and all they're like you know red meat's really bad for you it's like well no red meat's really good for you but it has to be the right red meat right well, I mean, exactly you I could mean. have really trash taco bell bean burrito red beef although i doubt any of that's actual beef right. but you could oddly one sixteenth is actual beef yeah it's like a, what's the politician what's her name she always claims to be native american she's like a 
164th. Right. <laughs> Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren. There we go. Oh. Yeah. She's always <laughs> like, I'm a Native American. It's like, mm, you drove by a reservation one time. Right. But yeah, if you're having high quality red meat, like beef, it's going to do well for your body. But if you, it's the same to be said about anything, right? Like if you oh, just absolutely. had tomatoes that were grown naturally in a beautiful farm, as opposed to just something that's maybe grown, you know, like in a greenhouse and, you know, not treated well, like it's, it's not going to have the same type of vitamins in it as well. So that's probably more indicative. So maybe we should be looking at the grade of our meat as opposed yes. to just the idea of having beef, like whenever. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the big things with us is we're always going to give you the best quality. We carry certified Angus beef, which is, you know, top of the line in my eyes. Uh, so even their choice stuff is to the upper two thirds of all choice rated beef in the U.S. And then you've got your prime that's top 3% of all rated beef in the U.S. So that's something that we pride ourselves on. And we're going to continue to push out the best product at the most reasonable price because at the end of the day, a happy customer is going to come back. You know what I mean? And they're going to appreciate what we're doing. And, you know, that's where we want to go is make the customers happy, but also put, you know, a, a product that we can stand by. All right. Well, let's take a quick moment to talk to our friend Lane over at Carborough Coffee Roasters. Lane, how are you doing? Doing really well. How are you doing? Not too bad at all. Yeah, we're right. just uh, talking meat. <laughs> well, there's nothing better um, than meat, especially when you get down to November and December. Everybody brings folks over to have the turkey and the sirloin and the steaks. So, so yeah. So. We, we actually were really excited. We just finished roasting, dialing in our new holiday blend. And this is, we call it winter solstice. It's from one of our long-term farmer partners, Luis Alberto Valadore. He's from Nicaragua. And his farm is called Finca and Regala de Dios, which means appropriately a gift from God. So this is a coffee that that we're really excited for, about because we we... We took three of his different cherry varietals, washed America, Maricatura, a honey pecamera, and a natural bourbon, and mixed them together. And I really love it because it kind of tastes like the holidays. It has like a super sweet medium body. It has chocolate, red cherries, some candied fruit and the aroma and also the flavors. And all of that's balanced in a really lush caramel base um, with some, of course, because it's the holiday, some hints of baking spices. So things you might put in your gingerbread or your apple pie or your pumpkin pie. So it's it's really quite a lovely coffee for the holidays. And we just finished dialing it in today. So we're going to be releasing it um, to our cafes and wholesale customers next week. And you're the first ones to see it. Wow, thank you. And instead of getting the meat sweats, now I feel like energized and caffeinated. So this is, this is a double weird. <laughs> well, thank you, Lame. And tis the season. So it's season. Honest, we appreciate it. For those out there looking where to get your coffee, go to carborocoffeeroasters.com and check them out and go and visit them at their locations all through the triangle. But thanks very much, Lane. Okay. Take care. Have a good holiday. Thank you. Bye-bye. And one of the biggest things that, you know, me and Billy, my brother talk about is we've made a ton of relationships and that is, we're not in this ball game to get rich. <laughs> we're in this ball game because we want to go to work every day and not hate our jobs. And we love what we do and our mm -hmm. customers. And I've, I've said it before in our live videos and talking about stuff, just like how we just, you know, hit that Raleigh's best. We truly do have the best customers in the world. 
they are awesome. I mean, we they come in as new customers and they they leave as friends. I mean, we have these conversations right in the shop, and that's something that's. And I'll say right now, thank you to all the big grocery stores over the past 20 years that have destroyed that because that is why we succeed. You walk into a Lowe's Foods, good luck even finding a butcher. They don't even have butchers anymore. Now all this stuff is coming in pre-packed from a factory somewhere. And find someone knowledgeable to talk about it. I mean, that's all people want. They want to be able to come in. They want to have a conversation on maybe even talking about new different cuts of steak. They want to cut our new different cuts of meat on different cooking methods. They want... A personal connection and okay. i mean it's it's that simple a um, little oddball question for you john has any of your customers ever tattooed your logo on their body not that i know of however if somebody were to get our logo tattooed on them we could probably work out something real special here matt why are you even because this is a very weird question very for you to oddball ask question why are you asking ask, this but good conversation nonetheless the reason i'm asking this is because we are actually uh, welcoming a new sponsor to the podcast somebody uh who was very helpful to us in uh setting off our where do we eat series the first episode featuring jess sims of uh peloton and espn game day which if you haven't watched it it's on our youtube channel and uh soon to be released uh audio yeah. uh episode oh that's but, awesome uh the one interesting thing about dukes is <laughs> they are the most tattooed mayo brand in the entire world <laughs> i bet you didn't know that hellman's yeah right. yeah or oh. best foods qp you don't get tattoos do you yeah yeah so this one little snippets of many to come about duke's mayonnaise for over 100 years duke's has been adding southern flavors to make good things better for more information visit dukesmayo.com or follow at dukes underscore mayonnaise on instagram yeah thank you dukes yeah by the way, I always thought like Dukes was like the biggest thing on the on the East Coast, but like they're kind of a small company. They're really popular in the Carolinas, but they're like they're a like a locally sourced brand, which oh, yeah. is interesting. I mean, growing up on the West Coast, it was all Best Foods, which is essentially the same as Hellman's, just like a different logo, like Carl's Jr. and Hardee's. They're like the same thing, just a different brand name. But it is kind of cool supporting dukes because they're not only delicious but they're local they're yeah, like they're like a true carolina brand they were founded in greenville south carolina in 1917 we're giving away all the yeah, facts don't give away all the facts and, and they more do. Things i'm to telling go. you they got their following people they have their fanboys yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my girl is one of them yeah. when i came down originally when i had moved down here and you know i went for a shop and i was like oh, i grabbed the thing at helm and she grabbed Ooh. that thing out of my hand it was like oh that was like fighting words right there <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a jersey boy doing with this <laughs> helmet you know? yeah but, right. uh, but yeah so back to your guys story because you were talking about and that's fascinating I'll ask you, how did you go about learning all this information and now being, from where I'm sitting, an expert on on beef? So, honestly, I got some tips. I've worked in restaurants. You got some tips? Pun intended. (laughs) Some try tips? Yes, we've got plenty of those. But I worked in restaurants here and there when I was growing up, so I got a, had a little bit of knife knife skills. But then I got with John. John taught me a few things with the knife, and then, honestly, YouTube. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah, as it wow. YouTube and repetition. Everything. And I just, and then I just started researching everything. I, I didn't ever want to have an answer for, or not have an answer for a customer if they're asking me something. And it goes hand in hand. Like I, I enjoy cooking. And so I was like, well, I'll just learn and become a better cook as well. So that's kind of where we went from there. 
never saw myself go in this direction though. Well, back to that. So we, we got off topic, but you started the shop in 2015 and you were in the home inspection business and we got away from that. But so where was it that said, okay, let's, let's open up the shop. Let's, let's be, let's be butchers. So actually, and this is another one of it. It's me, my, my partner here, Billy. And then we have another partner, John and John, it was originally his idea to open up this butcher shop. He always wanted to own one. Same thing. I believe his father was actually a butcher and he's always wanted to own one too. So we had all gotten together and, and at that point, you know, it it happened and where we are at, we are just so thankful and grateful for it and then like billy said uh, within the past few years covid was crazy for us because all the restaurants were closed Um, and speaking of cisco you know we were able to kind of help out cisco just like they were able to help us out Um, when all the restaurants closed and all of a sudden cisco is sitting stuck on a lot of product and i'm talking high-end product high-end steaks that now the restaurants are closed they can't purchase it well, we, as a retailer that was still open, we had to line out our door for people coming in to fill up. You know, it was a very uncertain time. It was scary. It yeah. was terrifying, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are sitting there filling up what they can. And that helped us out a lot. It, it built our brand exposure quite a bit. People drove to find us. You know, they were going to Food Line or going to Lowe's Foods and the cases were completely empty. And because of Cisco and the relationship we had, we were fully loaded on product. Mm. So it, it helped us out tremendously. After that, we've only continued to grow since COVID, and that is when, you know, my brother-in-law here, he was finishing up his his time, and he was in the reserves just kind of a couple more years left. I looked at him, and I said, hey, man, I, I need some help over here, you know what I mean? And, and he came on board, and like you said, in a year and a half, and I mean, I've been doing this now for 15 years. I've worked with a lot of meat cutters. I've worked with a lot of butchers, a lot of meat managers, a lot of meat specialists. He's picked up this trade in a year and a half, like absolutely crazy. And again, it's it's strictly the passion. I mean, me and him, and he'll tell you, his wife hates it. My gal, she hates it. We're at home all night, and all we do is talk about about meat. Or we're (laughs) we're Googling some, we're YouTubing some. I mean, and all they can say is, can you guys just not talk about And I mean, even when we get together for family events, we had my father's birthday party the other night. We're sitting there. They're all trying to have a conversation about something. We're talking about, ooh, we need to cut the bavette steaks for the yeah. for the <laughs> yeah. for the shop next week. You know, right. like, and I mean, again, it goes back to because it goes back to our customers, man. These these people come in, they have a smile on their face, they leave us five star reviews. They're so happy with our product. I mean, we don't get complaints. It's it makes it so worth it. It's it's just it's I, I we can't be happier that we get to wake up in the morning at five o'clock and go make a thousand pounds of sausage like that. It, <laughs> we yeah we're, we are yeah, we're debatable. blessed to be able to do that. Honestly, I have a similar thought, and I've mentioned this as an observation just in general when it comes to like serving the public. And if you work at a place like let's say you work at the DMV, no one's excited to see you, and you're not excited to see them. You know that like everybody just has to be here. But like I, w- I worked in high school. I worked at a tennis shop. You know. Well, hold on though. If you're just going to get your license for the f- driver's license for the first time, you're probably pretty freaking excited <laughs> to see the DMV person. <laughs> sure, Matt. Thanks for shitting on my point. You're anyway. welcome. <laughs> Let's just get Where through. Were we? Yeah. So yeah. I, no. No. Nobody likes to see the funeral home specialist. How about that? I don't know that that, that grandma was such a pain in the ass. Oh, You're no, like good riddance, uh, and yeah, what did yeah. she leave me? About yeah. damn time. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. See you, drunkle. Drunkle. Oh, that's what I should have dressed up for for Halloween. I always forget. Drunk uncle's the best. <laughs> 
Anyhow, like, but I worked at a tennis shop, right? And it's so, like the idea is if you work like at a hobby shop or a sport, like something where it's about the craft, it's about like, the thing, then the people that come in, they're there because you're there for like helping them get to like the thing they love the most. Yep. And I mean, don't get me wrong, like you're selling food. So of course that's a necessity, but you could get your food anywhere. But if you chose to go to a really nice butcher shop, that means that you care. Like the Kyle Suttons of the world look at your butcher shop the way, you know, like like my buddy, like Penn looks at a at a, at a tennis shop. You know what I mean? The, the idea is like they're obsessed with tennis. They want to go in there. They want to look at all the shoes, all the rackets. They want to ask every question about everything. What's the best strings I should use in yeah. my racket? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a little cat cut, by the way. Ooh, you guys can throw <laughs> that into your butcher shop. Right. But like. But I mean, that's Kyle Sutton walking in. He's asking, you know, what, what's everything that's available? What can I get? What can't I get? Why can't I get it? When is it coming in? What day is your delivery? When can I, you know, you know, Tuesdays, Matt, typically for retail is when all the all yeah. the retail stuff gets delivered. That's yes. why there's like Tuesdays, remember, what is it? Tuesdays something? I don't know. There's a retail store called Tuesdays. It's because that's when all the stuff gets delivered. Anyhow, you have good clientele in that scenario, but when you're selling things that are commonplace or I'm sure like the guy at food lions, not like I love my clientele because he's like, I get everyone here. They're like, they're pissed that they're here. They're like, Oh man, if you just find yourself on a Friday night in food lion, you're like, what have I done? Yeah, where did my life go <laughs> not wrong? to the employees. Uh, I'm saying you like the customer, you know, I don't know. My what? wife says that my favorite place to go is a grocery store. So, Oh yeah. Okay. I'm always in there doing something, figuring out something, but, it goes back to what you're saying, though, is, you know, what we really enjoy doing and we're noticing that a lot of people are, I guess, being more aware of where your food's coming from yeah. and what's going into your food. And, I mean, you go anywhere and you can just read the label, but really what's that label telling you? You know what I mean? And yeah. having somebody there that can explain, I mean, from basically anything about that label to pasture raised to you know, your true organic antibiotic free stuff, like that's nice to have. And it's something that, you know, two years ago before I really got into this industry, I just saw antibiotic free. I was like, Oh, that must be good for me. So I'm going to buy it, you know, and it may not be. You know, that makes me think my wife is one of those people that is always like, Oh, I don't want a fatty steak. I want to like a lean cut because I think that that, so if you are very health conscious and I know maybe this is what's meeting in the middle, I guess, what's like a, what's like a cut that we should be doubling down on, especially that we could cook at home. That's that's with the people that have an issue with a steak's fatty, you know, that it's, it has best of both worlds where it's like got that lean flavor, but also all those omegas and good stuff for us. I would say a sirloin steak. Sirloin. I mean, basically, in my eyes, I mean, the most healthy steak you're going to buy is going to be the leanest thing you can buy, which is going to be filet mignon. Yeah. So it's going to be super tender. You're going to eat it with a spoon. It's going to it's it's going to be great. Yeah, but, but you're not going gonna... to have all those benefits that you were talking about, like if you were to get a ribeye or or a wagyu. You're yes, saying, so... uh, and I mean, you'll get some of those benefits, but the biggest thing you're going to miss out on is that beefy flavor. Now, that beefy flavor comes from that fat. So a ribeye, something like that, that's got that you know, heavy intramuscular fat and the fat just around it is going to give you that good flavor. Now, a New York strip steak is going to be a good in between because that's going to be leaner than a ribeye, a little more fat and flavor than a uh, filet. Than a filet. Yeah. But a sirloin steak is going to be very, very lean, nice and healthy, not as tender as a strip steak or something like that. But it's going to be a good price conscious point too. It's also it's going to be economical. It's going to be healthy. It's going to be lean. It's going to be a nice looking piece of meat and it's going to eat well. Billy, what do you think? Well, 
Because so you ask, if you ask a butcher this question, he's going to give you six different answers. Well, I'm, so I'm all curious. about the offcuts, stuff that people don't typically see mm-hmm. or hear, and it's just they don't look as pretty. And yeah. That you can't, well, I don't want to say you can't mark them up crazy high, but a lot of people just stay away from them because they're hard to do or whatever. So, like, Denver cut is probably my go-to for price conscious. Great marbling throughout. I think it eats better than a strip, personally, and has more flavor and a little bit more tenderness. And if you look at it, it's going to be marbled significantly more than any of your sirloins, which is going to be lean, and your even your, your strip, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to choice. A lot of people look at choice, Denver's, and they're like, whoa, is this Wagyu because of how much marbling is. And it, if you don't butcher a strip properly, it's like tough as shit to, to cook through, well, I always feel. Yeah, there's and there's certain, I mean, your strip loin, you have a couple sides to it. So you got one side of your strip loin to your center cuts that are going to be beautiful and nice and clean. And then you're going to get to your end steaks, which have a nice big piece of sinew running through the center of them. Some people call them seam steaks. But a lot of restaurants and a lot of, Unfortunately, a lot of places that do cut and prepack this meat that's going for food service so that mm-hmm. restaurants are going to buy, unfortunately, they have to take the good with the bad on the strip loin. So those four or five end steaks that really aren't going to eat great, that packer's got to put them in the box with them. You know, they Versus so, what do you guys do? So, for example, the way we cut them is I will cut and he'll cut all straight down center cuts and then as soon as we see a steak that me and him were not would not take home and grill for our families Mm -hmm. i'm going to take that i'm going to seam it out i'm going to take all the fat off i'm going to take that piece of sinew out of the center of it and now i'm going to cut it into some beautiful fajita meat for out my case Mm. so now it's going to be seamed out it's going to be in strips the customer goes and grabs it they throw it in the frying pan they got fajita. perfect yeah and what and, and what is the denver cut so it comes from the chuck roll. It's basically, it sits underneath the shoulder blade, and it's right right on top of the ribs, the short rib. And it's a lot of people, you'll see it merchandise at Costco, for instance. They've got a huge thing, and they call them boneless short ribs. And so a lot of restaurants are doing that. They're taking these, and they're using them as boneless short ribs. You can braise them. You can do pretty much anything. I will say, if you get too thick of a cut and try and use that as a Denver and cook it up like a steak, it's not going to be as tender. So typically about an inch thick and then cut right and you're you're in good shape. You got a tasty, tasty steak there. But I will also tell you, because like he said, I mean, for the longest time, these were just called boneless short ribs. People just braised them. If you have not taken a boneless short rib out of a chuck roll and braised that thing down, it is one of the best pieces of meat you will ever put in your mouth. I mean, mm. it is pot roast on steroids. Mm. It is absolutely unbelievable. You can do it. He's done it in the Instapot a few times for me, and it is. I'm a big Instapot guy. That's Ooh. the insider tip right there. Yeah. Den- yeah. So Denver steak or boneless short rib yep. in the Instapot. And again, uh, I mean, Denver and, steak, don't put it. Yeah, Denver steak, you can oh, just grill it up. up. Yeah. Oh, yep. okay. So, yeah, that's, that's going to, like I said, that's going to be a great eating steak, but significantly cheaper. And uh, that's one of maybe six, I would say, steaks right now that we're carrying that if you Nobody walked else. into a food line or somewhere else, you're not going to find flat nor, iron steaks. Nor would anybody Bavette really steaks. know what it is. I yeah. Mean, Bavette, I'm sure West Coast over there knows what it is. I know what the Bavette is, but yeah. actually I learned it because of a chef that I knew out here. And okay. he, but that's like, that not it nicknamed the chef's cut or like the it chef's strip? one of them, yeah. So you've got the Bavette that... There's only usually like enough for like one family on, on a cow, right? Like it's a smaller cut, so isn't that right? it's a sirloin flap is where it comes. So there's two per cow and it's about three pounds but it takes a little work to merchandise it to get it to a point where it's ready to eat and that's why it's something that for a long time i mean people were and it goes back to skirt steak skirt steak for example which is now 
I mean, and everybody in the in the food service is going to know if, if yeah. they've tried to source outside skirts, they can bring it in for their restaurants. Any of the Mexican restaurants out there, yeah. they're going to tell you it's unbelievably pricey for outside skirt steak. Where ten or fifteen years ago, skirt steak is something they ground. Yeah, I mean, right. they took skirt steak, and you. When I first broke into this business, we would put it into our grinder to make ground beef, mm. and now it's selling for twenty dollars a pound. Jeez. And that's strictly because of, a, I mean. After it took off on Food Network and after it took off on all these different – basically, it, it got publicized as something – as a very good cut of meat, and that's changed the market on it. It's changed the price on it. And some of these cuts that he's talking about right now are cuts that I guarantee you in the future, the same exact thing is right. going to happen. Mm. Well, yeah, because if, if you go into like a, like a French restaurant, like a bistro, and you get like the steak frite or something like that, it would typically be a skirt steak and fries, right? Could it be a skirt bivet, steak. Some... Is a, bivet is another one that they've been using. Yep. Okay. It's significantly cheaper than skirt. Now, that's probably why is because it's switched from the skirt steak. It's a cheaper price point, but the bivet is one, and it, I mean, that's a French term anyways. That's a, it, I think bib is because of the way it's shaped is why they call it that. Okay. Absolutely delicious piece of meat, it just is. to let you know. I took one home the other day. I seared that thing up real quick, two minutes each side, sliced um, it across the grain. It was fantastic. It goes back to what you can do with meat. Like if you go in and ask if you're familiar with ranchera steak, which is essentially a bivet or sirloin flap, double butterflied, and now you've got essentially a skirt steak, but better flavor. But people don't know about it, so somebody will catch on, and then they'll start charging arm and a leg for it. I need these guys just like hanging out in my I house know. at all times because it's like <laughs> yeah you go you can go to the butcher shop or other stuff and or listen to this episode or listen and, to this episode yeah. but sometimes you take home a cut and you're like oh well what's the best way to cook this and that's another thing you guys do is the consultation about like oh this yeah. you should smoke this you should pan sear this you should grill how do we how do, besides calling you guys how do we get to know that honestly Google man I yeah. mean there there are so many Google and YouTube is such I mean nowadays it's it's amazing the the tools that we have at our disposal in order to make amazing food. I mean, you can find places like our shop where you can go source extremely good quality meat, and then you can Google a recipe and follow it to the T, and and it's most likely gonna come out very good. But so in the smoking game, then things change a little bit. Absolutely, and but that is that's the beauty of our shop too, and that's why I say we love it so much. Is is that fact that customers come in, and I mean, I have people. I have grandmothers that are twice my age that come in and ask me, how do I cook this chicken breast? And um, I kind of look at them and, and I'm like, how did you make it this far? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. It's a, it's a chicken but, breast. That's, but, not, that's no disrespect. No, it's not. Shop, but what I mean is, it's, you know, it, it goes back to that thing where I was talking about the pride behind it. I can then sit there and I can explain to somebody who may is uncomfortable or doesn't know how to cook something or came in this shop in – an uncomfortable position, you know what I mean? A non-confident position. Yeah. And they can – I can be friendly with them. I can make a friend. They leave with a product, so they make a purchase from me, which is great for business. And then at the end of the day, I know that it's going to be a good quality. If they listen to what I said and, you know, that conversation went well, they're going to be happy with that piece of meat because I know that me and Billy have sourced a good quality piece, and I know that me and him have cut it good quality. So we tell them how to cook it well. They're going to be back in our shop, and they're going to have a smile on their face, and they're going to say, what do I want to try next? And, I mean, that's – it's the name of the. That's the beauty of it. That's the fun. I mean, like right. I, I can't. I can't express well, that point enough. Is just literally serving, and and we don't even cook this food, but just serving good quality product to our customers, and having them come in and just hearing the reviews about it is. It's 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 so satisfying. It is. 
I mean, and it goes back to just handling the meat like we were talking about. Like certain times you go to a restaurant, you get a sirloin steak, and then you literally have this piece of gristle right through the middle. It's You can't even cut it with a knife. Yeah. And you're like, what the heck is this? And it's a little, you know, hockey puck type steak that you have to cut around. And then you're like, how's that, you know, not highway robbery, essentially. Yeah. And I get it. A lot of, you know, grocery stores and stuff, it's you got to merchandise every dollar they can to make a profit. We're, we're not that way. Like I said, if 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 it's not going to get sir, if it's not something I would bring home and cook for my family, then I'm going to put it in my grinder and I'm going to make ground beef out of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, I had a question about ground beef, ground beef because where Matt was going when he asked about, you know, like his wife was concerned about like fat content and all that. And you've got all the different percentages. You can do the. 60, 40, 70, 30, 80, 20 on the ground. Well, for one, I guess I could ask, like, what what would be, like, the the grind that you would definitely recommend if you're making burgers at home? And, like, how would you do that and why? And then with the difference of, like, the grass-fed versus maybe the grain-fed and all, what's the type of ground beef that you need to have for, like, the ultimate burger meat? So, and that's going to, that's another one where whoever you ask is going to have a different idea. But basically, I'm asking you. So, burgers, you need high fat content. So, I mean, a ground chuck and 80 20, that is, that's the leanest I would go. I mean, I want 20%. We don't do 80 20, I promise you that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like if we're making burgers, we're going to do them even fattier than that just to get that. I mean, honestly, you want like a 60 40 for a really good burger. Yeah. Now, if I'm doing tacos or something, if you're making tacos at home, and you got to season them up. You're going to add a little water to that pan too. Now I don't want a, a 70% beef and 30% fat so that I got to sit there and drain all that off. Right. Now a ground sirloin is going to work perfect. So okay. on what you're cooking really depends. If you're making a spaghetti sauce, you're making a, a chili, you're doing something like that, you can use a ground round or a ground sirloin. That's going to be like an 85 or a 90. I go higher fat content for chili. You know, it'll give you, it'll give you more flavor, flavor for right. sure. But there you know, some people that are want to shy away from that fat basically you're looking at moist cooks you know that's what that ground beef is good for yeah. now if you're dry cooking something over a hot fire you're gonna want that that fat content yeah to it. so and some- even you know like a meatloaf or something like that if you're throwing that in an oven and you know you're gonna put some other stuff in there whether you're putting eggs or your your pasta sauce and you're putting some other stuff into that meatloaf too but you want that fat content because it's going to sit in that oven at 350 for 45 minutes. You know, you you, you need it in there. Yeah, so. it's going to dry out. If, and, and you won't be able to maintain it because it's in that box for that long <laughs> amount of time. It's different if you're, like, tending to it or you've got it on the stovetop. You know where you're at. But, yeah, yeah. yeah, in that situation, you need the fat content. Fat is uh, flavor, my friends. Let's let's let fat is flavor. Yeah. And like he said, when it comes to there's different types of fat. So when it yeah. comes to that intramuscular fat, that IMF, like like which is huge in the Wagyu steaks, you know, that stuff is, it's different fat. It's healthier fat. He's mm. the expert on that one. He's done a ton of research, but it's its honestly truly incredible to see. It's very interesting. Yeah. Well, before we get out of here, yeah. just we've spent a lot of time on beef, but you guys don't offer just beef, but you do a lot of Joyce Forms chicken, who Joyce Forms was back in, back, back in the day, and a great episode. We had them back to talk about regenerative farming. Yeah, that was uh, amazing. Because it was so amazing. Um, what else do you guys do? Like, what are some of the off or different animals that you can uh, purchase? So right now, just, I mean, we definitely, our main focus is obviously going to be beef, 
pork chicken with this holiday coming up Thanksgiving. We are still taking our turkey pre-orders right now for Joyce yeah. Farms Beautiful Turkeys. Mm-hmm. We Actually, do. And the Heritage, which yep. I think we are probably oh, pretty sold close out. to sold yeah. out. We do oven-ready options and all that kind of stuff, too, which is awesome. So yeah. we'll fully clean up those birds. We'll rub them down with butter. We'll season them with salt, pepper, garlic, some fresh rosemary, thyme, sage. Put them in a foil roasting pan. That way the customer gets home. They cut the plastic off. They put it right in the oven. Love that. Oh, simple. That's yep. awesome. So they don't have to They don't have to take it out of the bag and wash it in their sink. And, you know, they don't have to do anything. We do all the work for them if they get that oven-ready option. So turkey's a big one. Talking about some other stuff. I mean, I carry quail in the shop. We got ducks in the shop. Our pork selection is absolutely huge. Bone-in, boneless pork chops, we cut a ton of. We cut them every single day. Fresh pork belly, we cut every day. We were talking about those Boston butts, the pork butts, absolutely have those. So, and then we got a good selection selection of seafood, too. So, I mean, we get fresh salmon in multiple times a week. We sell a ton of salmon. People love it. Our salmon's very good quality stuff. It's fresh Atlantic salmon. We do have a seafood selection that's kind of more on the frozen side, too, with all different shrimp, tuna steaks, that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. But, yes, yeah, so, I mean, there's a wide variety in there, and then that's not even mentioning all our different sauces, Real. seasonings, rubs, grill supplies, all this kind of stuff. And I'm not sure, I mean, we haven't really mentioned it, but so, there's some excitement coming soon if... Well, I, I don't know which direction Spill the you're beans going. out. Drop, drop it, boys, drop it. No, but we do have, we're in the process of bringing in a fresh ostrich as well. Oh, yeah. So that's super lean. Um, working with those guys that are actually out of North Carolina, another local uh, company that we're looking, you know, we've been in contact with. Is they have ostrich in North Carolina? Third largest yeah. farm in the U.S. Too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I always cool. have this impression, and maybe it's a sideways movie or stuff like that, but also it's ostrich come from California in this country, like for some reason. <laughs> no, there, there is a big California right? farm for ostrich and emu and all that, but mm-hmm. but no, yeah, you're right. I've, I've yeah. heard about the, the ostrich farm out here in North Carolina. Yeah, we got to get those guys on. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can reach out to them. Yeah. They're fantastic. Yeah, very uh, Ryan, interesting guys. And, and they, I think, I, don't, I haven't confirmed, but I've, I've, they're rumored to be setting up their own processing facility as well. I mean, seriously, the first question is just, ostrich? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? How? Have you, had, have you had ostrich burgers? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, yes. I. It's it's well, fine. The why is for those also, well, it's alternative, but it's also, um, it's like, it's got that gamey flavor, but it's super lean and healthy. Like it fat con- It's not high fat content. Correct. Like, super really, lean. You have, yeah. to, you have to add fat to it. When you I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that, and I don't know these ostrich folk, so don't get mad at me if you say this, but I bet they're like huge into like indie rock and they like- <laughs> They drive like, you know, like they drive like a Subaru Brat or an El Camino. Like they don't do common stuff. Like their thing oh, they're is. they're their own type. They're their own all. Yeah, it's like their oh, own yeah. breed. They're like, they, whatever it is, you know, they're, we talked about there's like the Dukes and the and the Hellmans. They're like, we make our own. We right. make our own <laughs> right. from, from scratch. You it's know? an interesting. What do you those, do for a living? I'm an ostrich super, farmer. Super cool. Down to earth. You guys will like them. Yeah. I definitely will reach out and yeah. put them in contact with you guys. But. Do you Going back. just just to play this horrible meat devil's advocate, just to say it, do you guys walk in the lane of alternative meats and plant-based meats? Is there anything that would make sense in your shop for that world? So we currently don't. We've we've uh, during the summer I'll carry like garden burgers, just some veggie burgers, some beyond burgers, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. just just to help out. You know, there's some people yeah, who come customer in and, might want a variable. Yeah, I mean, while some people there. come, but honestly, at this moment, I don't have any I'm in not, stock. I'm not a huge um, fan. I mean, 
I get it, and we've carried it in the past for, like, you know, alternative options, I guess. If you're having a party, like, we'll have a couple boxes on hand, but it's not something that we're ever going to really carry. And Yeah. Promote. It was like, yeah, the, the rolls are over there, right? Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I want to try and keep it as, as much as a, a, of a butcher shop as possible. And yeah. You, people well, it makes sense. People so far like if, away from it, you know. If you're a specialty shop, you're not going to also sell motor oil or something right. like yeah. something that's not – well, I don't know. Maybe it would sell oil. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but I but from a customer service perspective, like right, I'm having a, I'm having a cookout, or you know, and yeah, you don't have to I have them. the one friend or the two the couple that eats that's vegetarian, so I don't want to have to go to a different yeah, place exactly. to get it. So exactly. yeah. But what I was gonna say and what I was kind of I was hinting at a little bit is we are gonna be expanding the shop. So in the next year, year and a half, it's gonna look very different, which is pretty cool, and we're very excited about it. We're going to be expanding out both sides, so we're blowing out into both units. Hopefully, it's going to be almost triple the square footage of what we're at right now. Right. Oh, um, wow. That's huge. Yeah, and we'll be serving. We're going to be doing basically it's going to be like a Carolina barbecue supply company, which is just going to be all grills, pellets, all that kind of stuff. Mm. So you'll be able to also shop for all your, your smoking needs, Smart. your grilling needs, and all that. And then on the other side of it, we're going to be doing a lot more of kind of some prepared food. So we're going to – it's going to be more of a deli atmosphere. So that way not yeah. only can you come in and grab all your meats and stuff to grill up, but we'll be slicing down cold cuts. We'll have all different homemade pasta salads, yeah. all different homemade sides, stuff mm. that you can kind of take and bake meals, stuff where if you don't want to stop at Wendy's, come on by, grab a $10 dish, take it home, preheat your oven to 350 throw it right in. You're going to be ready to go. Yeah. So we got a lot of exciting changes coming. We're we're pretty amped for it, and it, it's it's going to continue to grow. And like I said, I mean, it's it's because of two reasons. We got the best staff in the world, and we got the best customers in the world. So me and Billy, our other business partner John, we are we are beyond blessed, guys. Yeah, we are. One last question before, because you just mentioned it before we get out of here for me at least. Smokers. Yes. What's your smoker of choice for your home for your house, mm, Billy? Personally, right now for the average. Person that just wants to get into it or whatever, I would definitely recommend a pellet smoker. It's, yeah, it's those super, are like sim- the simplest, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you go on these forums, you're gonna get called Easy Bake Oven and all that stuff. But <laughs> at the end of the day, like time, time is money. So I'm not gonna sit out there and tend to a fire because one, like it takes time, but two, my wife would get real mad at me because <laughs> I'd be pretty drunk and the food probably get burnt. But yeah, I, I, the, you know, you've got your Traegers, your pit bosses. As long as you go by, you know, a quality product, Rectech is probably my favorite right now. Okay. Like they're, they do a great job, bunch of accessories in the pellet world, I guess. Yeah. And then obviously the ceramic eggs. I mean, big green eggs, fantastic. I have uh, a Commodore myself. Yep. 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 The, I, I just can't get past, like, I can't cook something that's pellet. Organ or, or like like because it makes me sound like or it makes me feel like we're like hamsters or something. Yeah, you know, no, like I, I, it's I pellet that. food. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like uh, you're gonna serve it in a habit trail. Like right. what is it? <laughs> little, little little tiny pellets are coming down. But I get it. It makes sense. You're just kind of like slow, slowly feeding the well, fire the auger. I mean, because they're electric. Yeah. No, well, all the pellet ones that I've seen are all electric. So it's got the auger and just and it's just yeah. keeping that do. temperature perfect. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So now you the, the ceramic eggs are fantastic for smoking stuff because they're stable. They're one, they are stable. Plus, it's you can get that that temp up real quick. Whereas oh, yeah. if you're using an offset or something like that, like good luck. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. Well, Matt, what do you got? Well, I have a Camp Chef pellet smoker myself. Oh, yeah. So, you, yeah. But it's good, right? Yeah. It's great. I mean, yeah. the It's easy. I mean, the temperature does fluctuate, especially if you're opening to check and stuff like right. that. But, but yeah, it's pretty easy. And, yeah, I'm not trying to 
win any cooking or smoking competition. So when I do the whole birds for Thanksgiving, I'm pretty happy how they come out. That's oh, yeah. It. Oh, shoot. I have one more question. And it was back to the, the turkey uh, for Thanksgiving. So I know like where we're going, we always do a couple different turkeys. We're going to smoke a turkey and we're going to deep fry a turkey. Beautiful. Oh. When it comes to the preparation for each, is there one, like, would you advise to prep the smoked turkey different than the one that's going to yes. be deep fried? And how and how would that be? Yeah, so the smoked turkey, and he'll let you know, I mean, first off, you're going to want to add fat to it because it's going to be in there for quite a while. So a lot of butter, if you can get, I mean, we sell a, like a Wagyu beef tallow, which would also work beautiful mm. on that. If you do you put it that, under the skin or you yes. put it on top of the I skin do, or both? I do both. So yeah. when I do the oven readies and me and him yeah. play with the butter, it's going everywhere I can get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the deep frying. Deep frying a turkey is going to be a whole different ball game because it's almost like just frying chicken. So it, it, that, I would just really do a really good dry rub on it, a nice dry seasoning i would use a brine too i'd probably brine it for some time then let it sit out get that you know you want to draw that dry. moisture out yeah Dude, usually yeah. you get like a like an igloo or like a, a cooler the night before throw right. it in the, in the brine let it yep. sit out overnight and then i guess it's really important to rinse it yes you if you don't it, rinse yes. it it's gonna get way too well, salty right yes. you want to rinse it and then you also want to she wants to be nice and dry before yeah. you obviously drop her in there so, so oh, yeah, we've all seen the videos of people, house uh, yeah we've yeah. all seen the videos of people dropping frozen right. turkeys in the fryer right. so yeah let's not do that yeah water Be safe and insane. <laughs> yeah all right well. all right well guys i am certainly hungry right now so thank you uh for what you guys do good luck with all the the new stuff coming we got to get out there to Andrew. And yeah, I re yeah, recommend. Man. Yeah, Check out you're our, our first Andrew folk on, yeah. on the show. Yeah, people yeah. think we're on the other side of the country, man. We're not that we're not, far. No. And, <laughs> and, and there's one of this is a secret that people are going to be mad at me for letting them know. But apparently, actually, not apparently, I know this, but because of my former role, the ABC store out in Andrew has some of the best bourbon collection probably you know in what's the funny? state. We, do, we have a massive ABC yeah. store. We do, yep. Yeah. And so that's another good reason. And a great ice cream shop, too. Yeah, that Sunny Skies, right? Sunny yeah, Skies, yeah. yeah. So, so, yep. So, so we'll, we'll we'll you yeah, yeah. get a full day trip, huh? So, yeah, for all those of you out there, go to the Carolina Butcher Shop. You will eat extremely American. Thanks for listening to the NC F&B Podcast. And if you've stuck with us this long, review us on iTunes. And remember, five stars are encouraged. <laughs>